voices It's up to you and me To shine a guiding light and lead the way United by our cause We have the power to pursue what we believe We'll achieve the realization of our dreams Hello there, welcome to New Horizons and Happy New Year, I'm Vaughan Benison, thanks for your company. These days in the disability community, you can't go far without hearing about the Royal Commission into the Abuse, Violence, Neglect and Exploitation of People with a Disability. To find out more about the Commission, we speak with Ricky Chaplin, who's a staff member with Blind Citizens Australia. Ricky, welcome back to the program. Great, thanks Vaughan, great to be here. Most people will probably be now aware of the fact that the Royal Commission into Violence, Abuse, Neglect and Exploitation of People with a Disability exists, but exactly what are the terms of reference for the Commission and what do those terms mean? When we think about uh, neglect, for example, um, you know, there are instances where uh, companies, uh, government agencies uh, forget about things like information access. That is really a form of neglect because it's not um, it, it's not taking into account our needs and uh, leaving us disadvantaged. Um, if we think about exploitation, for example, uh, I was approached by someone last week who's working for a, a um, sheltered employment agency, and um, they're only getting about five dollars an hour, but they've got several university degrees, um, so he's feeling exploited. Um, we think about physical violence, um, but there's all kind of uh, you know emotional abuse that occurs that we don't necessarily hear about uh, because people don't necessarily talk about it openly. Um, so the kind of things that we're talking about um, are things that we need to expose. They're not just the obvious things um, that you know ha- have occurred over the years. Uh, and that you know, we see on the news every day, they're things that happen to people that they don't necessarily feel or haven't felt comfortable in talking about in the past and really haven't had the opportunity uh, to talk about. And often, you know, people might think, oh, well, there was, you know, a lot of things that happened to other people that were far worse than I experienced. But we can tend to, uh, I guess, underestimate the impact of our life experiences on how our lives end up being shaped. So I think it's really, you know, it's fantastic that we've got this opportunity now to be able to talk about these things, not only to work through them at a personal level, but to try and put in place some recommendations to prevent these kinds of incidents from occurring again. What exactly is the expected outcome of this? And and what is the Commission seeking to actually uh, to, to do? Uh, well, the Commission is, is seeking to expose things that have happened historically and things that are happening currently and to make recommendations that really that change our culture and society, I think, um, and to prevent um, violence, abuse, exploitation uh, and neglect from, from occurring. Um, its purpose is to raise awareness of what happens to people with disabilities um, when we don't think about the, the impact of, of our actions or lack of actions um, on people. And I actually think um, the Commission has probably not really uh, got its head around the kinds of things that will come out 
is, is my suspicion. Um, I think there's a, there's a lot going on that nobody would have even envisaged. And again, this is why it's an opportunity uh, for these sorts of things to be exposed. But also we've got to ensure as an advocacy body that they, uh, they do take um, into account and pay attention to uh, what we're telling them as an organisation. I think we've got some work to do there. Um, but if we could get this right, we've got a real chance to improve the culture of society towards disability, I think, as a whole. So setting aside the uh, public awareness raising factor, my understanding yep. of a Royal Commission is that it seeks to put together a report and file that report with the government and then the government has the ultimate decision um, as to whether or not they will act on the recommendations produced in that report and whether or not they will seek to make societal and cultural change across the country. In the, in the real world, are we of the opinion at this point that, uh, that the current government or future governments are likely to actually make systemic changes? I think what I would say to that is that, you know, because because the government has agreed to do it, it would look pretty bad for them not to implement those recommendations. Uh, so I think the very fact that a commission was agreed to in the first place is set a precedent which we need to hold the government accountable, accountable to. You know, there's a moral imperative here, and I think that's been recognised now, the challenges that we've got to see it through to the end. It is great that it's bipartisan, um, and, uh, yeah, as I say, we've got to uh, hold whichever government gets elected uh, next time, you know, to, to that promise. Let's uh, look into what BCA is doing and more specifically your role. Um, okay, so my, my role is uh, advocacy projects manager or coordinator um, and there's a number of projects on the way at the moment the Royal Commission being one of them. Uh, I am assisting people to lodge individual submissions uh, to the Royal Commission and the process for that um, entails people contacting me. We have a discussion about the issues that they uh, want to write about and once people are feeling comfortable with me uh, and we've sort of built that rapport, uh, which I'll come back to in a minute, um, we then record an interview and I transcribe the interview from there. So it's the actual words of the person wanting to make the submission. It's not an interpretation that I've put on what they're saying. Uh, I've done one submission for someone already and that's been well received. The commission has actually got back to me and asked if we could discuss this submission in greater detail. So that's a good sign. Mm. Um, and uh, at a more organisational level, um, we're you know, looking at identifying the trends that come out of people's experiences and uh, we will be writing submissions. It, it could be several submissions. Um, based on, on those trends. And of course, we would de-identify information. We would use case studies uh, to illustrate the points that we're uh, trying to make in our advocacy. Um, so actually, we're just about to start on a submission. Uh, we're seeking feedback at the moment, as people may have seen in the member update, regarding an uh, issues paper that the Commission has released uh, on, on education and barriers to inclusion, and that's in schools and at university level as well. So, yeah, there, there are those more systemic submissions, and I'm sure we'll see a few of those. Uh, and the thing to bear in mind, too, is that the report 
the final report from the commission is not due until 2022. So a lot can transpire in the next two to three years. Uh, and, you know, some of the work that we do, we may not have even envisaged yet. So it'll be really interesting to see how things play out. What are some of the uh, things that people need to know or need to think about and understand before um, they start thinking about whether or not to put in their own submissions? At this stage, uh, sub all submissions are public. Uh, you do have the option of indicating that certain sections of a submission uh, should remain confidential. But at the moment, there's not a process around lodging a, a private submission. Um, so people might want to think about that. And we are seeking clarity around the measures being taken by the Commission to protect people from any kind of uh, retribution that they fear may occur uh, as a result of lodging uh, a submission. Of course, the other option is, uh, and that doesn't need to prevent you from having a say, because as I said uh, earlier, we will be doing submissions at a systemic level. And if you simply want to give us information, but don't want to be identified, um, that is you know, where we could fit that information in. Um, and, you know, there wouldn't be any further contact from the Commission. Um, so, you know, there, there is a way around it, but we really would like to see the option for people to make confidential submissions. Uh, we met last week with the Public Interest Advocacy Centre, and uh, apparently the uh, Royal Commission into Banking was very clear in saying that if anybody attempts any form of retribution, they would use all of their powers uh, to come down fairly hard on those people. But there hasn't been that sort of definitive statement made at this point. And uh, again, we, we'd like to see you know, what are the concrete measures you're going to take uh, to address that kind of concern that people have. This Royal Commission came out of um, some fairly high pressure um, power put on the government by uh, various different disability lobby groups and advocacy groups. Do you think that the, the lack of consideration for this and the, uh, the lack of clarity that have been put around um, aspects of the submission process is um, in response to, to that? Or do you think that the government really is taking this seriously? Uh, I think it's, it has been rushed. Um, so I guess a good example of you know how we can demonstrate that is that the process for making a submission and even you know the website, the video players on the website, that kind of stuff is not as accessible as it could be. There's a lot of jargon being used and there have been efforts made by uh, disability groups to build their own websites so that you know you've, you've got an easier form of language. Uh, to get across the message about what the Commission's aiming to do. Um, so hard to say whether um, it's it's the bare minimum uh, that the government is, is looking at doing, but it's certainly, you know, they have rushed into it to some degree and haven't necessarily thought things through. I think the other concern too is that um, there's a perception at least that people with a legal background are being listened to more than advocacy groups representing people with disabilities. And that's something that we're going to have to put some work into changing. Uh, that was one of the purposes of uh, our meeting with the Public Interest Advocacy Centre last week was to work out how we could work collaboratively. And uh, PIAC, you know, already have some contacts at the Commission. So hopefully, uh, you know, they've 
will introduce us to those contacts so that we can start to raise these concerns and develop a relationship with the Commission. I know that uh, Blind Citizens Australia uh, has a, a long and demonstrated history of being able to make these things work and be, make these things more relevant for people who are blind or vision impaired. So I'm absolutely confident that uh, that we'll get there. But will it be in time is, is, I guess, the question that goes through my head. Will will there be a time where people can feel comfortable making their submissions, that they understand exactly what they're doing when they do so, and that uh, you know they can have confirmation that they're actually being listened to? I think, I think that's our role, really, as an advocacy organisation, um, and that's why I'm, I feel really privileged to, you know, have this opportunity to um, to work in in this role with quite a heavy focus being on our work with the commission. Uh, in some ways, we're a long way ahead of other disability groups. Um, so we've got some funding through uh, AFTO, which is the Australian Federation of Disability Organisations, to carry out this work. But even before we'd received that funding, um, to their credit, uh, Emma and John and the board had already determined that we were going to support people uh, to uh, lodge their submissions, but also to ensure um, through our advocacy work that the Commission would indeed be really listening to people with disabilities. Rick, how can people get in touch with you if they want to, um, if they would like to put together a submission with your assistance? Yeah, sure. So uh, they can call the National Office and they can be put through to me um, or uh, they can email uh, bca at bca.org.au. Inquiries will be forwarded to me. I'll give my direct address also, and that is Ricky Cha uh, ricky.chaplin, that's R-I-K-K-I dot C-H-A-P-L-I-N at bca.org.au. Ricky Chaplin there with Blind Citizens Australia. Blind Citizens Australia can be contacted by phone on 1-800-033-660 or you can email bca at bca.org.au bca at bca.org.au On behalf of everyone at Blind Citizens Australia, I wish you a happy new year and hope 2020 turns out to be all that you hope for. I'm Vaughan Benison. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream of our dream